Today, uh, I'm going to take you on a little journey of some things God's been speaking to me about. I think they hang together. Um, if at the end of it you think, oh, it was a bit random, it's because it's the different things that God's kind of put into my bag that I feel that I need to share with you today. So, I feel we've got a word over us at this time. We know we have a word over us at this time about our hearts. Uh, and I believe that God's calling us to a, a deeper place in him. And this morning I want to be talking about, uh, well, one of the things about, this is a, a picture of an iceberg. Um, one of the things about an iceberg is that you look at it and it doesn't look like it's much. But lurking beneath the water, there's an awful lot of stuff that you can't see. And there's a huge significance, if you're on the Titanic, about the weight of that stuff that you can't see. Thanks very much. And with us, we can be seen. There's a part of us that can be seen. And there's a part of the world that can be seen. But there is an immense amount of the world, of God's creation, of what God has in mind for us, that you cannot see. And this morning what I want to do is to just explore a bit about as we go deeper, uh, we become more aware of that stuff that can't be seen. Let's, let's see how it goes. Anyway, so the line, you call me deeper still, comes from the song, You Are a Good, Good Father. Uh, and you might remember what, one of the things is, you call me deeper still into love, love, love. And if we're going to get closer to God, it's, it's not about having some out-of-body experience. It's about the love that he works in us and through us. God's economy is that if we're going to reach out more to others, we kind of have to get deeper with him. The two things work together. In my head, I think of it like the cross. The cross has two, two parts. It has a part which is vertical and a part which is horizontal. And, and the same, it's the same with our love. Our love has to be vertical towards God and that enables us to love one another. And if we get the one right, we can get the other right. But the source, the source, the thing that enables me to love straight, the thing that enables me to love as he loves, is my love for him. And that has to be right and has to be accurate. And as we reach up into him, and I believe that's what, it's a bit of a mixed metaphor, I said we're going to get deeper, and now we're going to talk about reaching up. But you get the idea, as we reach into him, I believe God's going to bring us into a different place. It's a kingdom principle that God empowers us. That, that we see the visible as dominant and most important. But over and over again, it's the visible that is what matters to God. Jesus teaches that we are empowered to impact the visible through what is unseen. For example... What are the greatest commandments? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and all your mind. And love your neighbour as yourself. So, for example, we don't see our love for God, but we do see our love for one another. And so the one empowers the other. Jesus said, when you pray, don't pray like the hypocrites who pray on the street corners to be seen by men. But when you, go to, when you go, when you pray, 
Go to your room, close the door and pray to your father who's unseen and then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Over and over again we come this theme. It's not what's seen that matters, it's what's unseen. It's the things that we do for him when no one else... Integrity is what you do when there's no one else there to see it. Surely the, Lord, the Sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plan to his servants, the prophets. You know, there is not a thing that happens on the earth that he doesn't speak about from the unseen world. Everything that we believe is happening today, the things that we're moving into, the things we're excited about, the things that loving where you live, all of these things are coming out of what God has been speaking to us about from his place, from his throne from his position of authority. And as we grab hold of those things, we can make them real. We can bring them into being. We can give them flesh and blood. We can make things happen. And, and that's the role of our church. That's the role is for us to, to, to step into those things that God has for us. Paul writes and puts it like this. He says, Since you've been raised with Christ... Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above and not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. And I started thinking about, so what is it to set your heart on, on things above? There's so much that shouts for our attention, isn't there, around us. Um, and uh, and it, it's just so persistent. It's so insistent of, of getting airtime in our heads. Those claims we need to recognise, whether it's uh, the latest message that's just popped into my phone, whether it's an email that I need to deal with, whether it's uh, some... Uh, some program that I'm used to watching on television, there are things which press in and demand my attention and, and we plan our lives around some of them and we respond manically to others that we can't predict. But God wants us to be setting our minds on things above. So how do we do that? Well, one of the things I've been trying to do is, so I believe that part of me going deeper is doing this more is setting my mind on things above. So how, how, do I, how do we practically do that? What sorts of activities can we do? Well, I thought, well, I found myself a little bit, uh, my children tell me this anyway, that I may occasionally glance at my phone, uh, and I found myself a little bit distracted by my phone. And I thought, well, there's a thing, so I want, I want to get better at that. So I... I so I switched my email settings so I was only getting emails when I ask for them rather than all the time, which is much better. But the other thing I thought, well, actually, if I'm, if I'm, uh, I have this thing on my phone called the Bible app. So if you've any of you downloaded the Bible app, it's a free uh, piece of, um, it's a free app you can get from the Google Play Store or from, I'm sure, the iPhone Play Store or whatever it's called, I, I, I. Thank you, Apple Store or whatever it's called. Thank you, iStore? No, Apple Store, yeah. Okay. Oh, there are, and other service providers are, are available. 
But there's a thing called the Bible app, right? And, um, and, I, and I downloaded it, and quite a few of us use it, I believe, because I've come across them. And they're my friends. Uh, it was one or two of them on, on, my, um, on my app. And, and uh, I started doing these sort of Bible studies. Now, they're not... Some of them are good, some of them are less good, but they basically, it just sort of pings into your inbox every day and you get a little message that says, oh, why don't you look at this? And, and you have a little look at it and you read what the person says. And there's a few things today I'm going to share with you that have come out of doing that. Other things, um, other things making use of the resources that we have, things like the Hot Topic session, you know. Um, if you're not able to be there, then it's recorded, but actually being there, you get a lot more out of it. Um, and th- things like the Acorns to Oaks, the, t- the resources we're releasing. These are things that we can put our, fill our heads with that are going to set our minds on things above rather than on earthly things. You're driving in a long time in your car. Do you listen to a podcast or do you listen to some music? Well, maybe the music helps you to set your mind on things above. Maybe other music doesn't. Um, you know, think about the things that you fill your head with because... Because actually there's an awful lot that shouts. And, uh, and actually we, we, need, we need to take care to do this. Because then we can get our perspective right. So um, another little, little test about this. So again, thinking about things above rather than earthly things. Um, where your heart is. Jesus teaches that, that we shouldn't store up treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So in talking about heart, and getting our heart pure, it's really important that we think about what things we value. Now here's, here's the thing, did you know that this world in its present form, is passing away. Do you know why I know? Because it says it in this thing. You know, 1 Corinthians 7.31, use the things of this world as if not engrossed in them. For this world in its present form is passing away. Now that doesn't mean we don't care about the state of the world and we don't make a difference. But if we become so attached to the things of this world that we're not heavenly-minded, that we're not, we've not got that eternal perspective, then it distracts us and weighs us down. Now, here's the thing. I'm a little bit of a hoarder. A, li- a tiny, weeny bit of a hoarder. A hoarder. Someone who keeps lots of stuff and doesn't like to throw it out. So, recently, I had a bit of an emotional time clearing out my basement because... Um, she who must be obeyed, decided that we really didn't need to keep all the stuff that we had down there because actually it was a good idea and therapeutic to have a bit of a purge. So we had a look at some some boxes that we haven't opened since we moved in, uh, which was about 20 years ago. Um, It's a marvellous thing, Asella. You can can hide all sorts of things down there and you just just don't know they're there. Um, but I discovered that I'd actually kept all my school books. When I say all my school books, I don't mean just my A-level books. I mean all my school books <laughs> and my university notes 
uh, my teacher training notes, and I got them all down there, very carefully filed, well, actually in a box that had gone a bit damp. Um, but I kept hold of these mementos of my life because it felt so important. They felt like they were part of me. I've got one here for you today. Neil Jakes, 1976. <laughs> I, I, bet, I bet you're amazed that I could even write in 1976, aren't you? Okay, are you ready for a story? It's got a picture at the bottom as well. These are, these are my two favourite stories, okay? Here's, here's the first story. Uh, one day, this is how history comes around again. Mr. and Mrs. Jakes had so many jobs to do, they did not know where to start. Oh dear, said Mr. and Mrs. Jakes, and Mr. and Mrs. Jakes went to bed. I think that's... That, that is... That is... A, isn't that a superb day? I think that's... It's just, I think that's marvellous, right. Oh. And then, um, <clears throat> so, I just thought, I thought, what kind of day did I have at home? And then, uh, so that was written on Tuesday the 23rd of November. Ooh. 1976. Well, and then Wednesday the 24th of November, I obviously had a mathematical mind, because it said, one day, a subset met a set... And they were always quarrelling. That's a good word, isn't it? They were always quarrelling because one was bigger than the other. And that is why they were always quarrelling. That's a bit deep. For those of you who don't know, I'm sure Claire could explain to you the difference between a set and a, you know, a subset later, maybe. Something, maybe get, get, one of, get one of the teachers to explain it, one of the proper teachers. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, so I went through this. I haven't thrown this one out yet. I haven't, haven't, haven't got around to it. No, you can't. No, you can't, can you? Um, the, these mementos, important points in my life, but they're like the tip of the iceberg, right? They are the bits that you can see. That stuff is passing away. Do you know what? That book is not in the same state it was when it went into storage. It's, it's like got a bit tatty, and it's a little bit worn, isn't it? What's unseen is eternal. What has God done? What did God do in me at that time that is already there? There is so many things that he's been doing in my life that aren't stored in my basement, praise God. You know, there, there are huge numbers of things that God's done, and... Um, what I was thinking, I think, pers- I think God's a bit of a hoarder, actually, when it comes to mementos of my life, I think. I think that must be... And I think there are things that he has kind of stored up. You know, we talk, talk about them being like um, stones, don't we? It's memorial stones. We talk about ourselves setting up memorial stones of particular things that happened in our lives. We don't mean real memorial stones, but, you know, sort of a figurative thing. This is something, this is the time, you know, when I was baptised and, and God showed me that whatever it took, I wanted to follow him. No matter where he took me, that's what I wanted to do. And that was a, that was a key moment of decision in my life. Some of you will be getting baptised soon. And, and it's a, it's a, it can be a particular moment in your life when you give yourself to him afresh. Well, actually for the first time, isn't it? Uh, and 
it, what, I suppose what I'm, what I'm trying to say, though, is, is that in God's cellar, there are great things that he's got that maybe I didn't even see because I'm focusing on the seen bits, on whether the teacher wrote good at the bottom. But what God sees is whether he, when he writes good at the bottom of something, we said, we said God is good, and I was thinking about this, you know. Is that, is that like good with a tick? No, it's that he's absolutely perfect. He's, there is no wrong thing in him. And, and, you know, when he says things in our lives are good, he's saying, he's speaking of something of eternal value. For this world might be passing away, but the man who does the will of God will live forever. So, we can see only a tiny part. The stuff I love in the world today, um, there's not one part of it, of the stuff, that I can take me where, take where I'm going. You know that? Um, when Paul writes about love, he says, at the end of 1 Corinthians 13, he says, meanwhile these three remain, and the greatest of these is love. I believe that love is the thing that we can take with us. Our love for one another. And that's why God's put us in community, because that's the love, that's the eternal thing. God is love. Love is the thing. It's the thing that lasts forever. And as we invest ourselves in that, his love will never run out. His love will never let us down. And so we can step into those things he has for us. So, so we need to fix our eyes, not on what's seen, uh, but what's unseen, because what, what's seen is temporary and what's unseen is eternal. When God works a miracle, and God does work miracles, you know, when we get called for prayer and we, we go out and we pray for people, people meet with God, things change in their lives. And I, I believe that God is calling something at that time from an unseen realm and bringing it into the seen realm around us. He's showing us there the superiority of the unseen over the seen. I am who he says I am. Not, not what the world says I am. Not what you say I am, necessarily, unless you agree with him, which would be good. I am who he says I am. And, and he is the one who defines what's true. You know, sometimes we've looked for, to God for a miracle, and maybe the, the miracle hasn't happened that we wanted. There are people here that have lost brothers or sisters, lost husbands, wives, lost maybe fathers or, or mothers, and they're not here now. It's right that we should grieve, but this body, this time is just an earthly tent. This is where I am, and I'm moving on to the next thing that God has for me. And my love for my father, for my mother, is always going to be there. My love for my wife, my love for my children, is always going to be there. My love, when it's his love, is eternal. But the lure of the visible is really great. Um... 
Jesus talks about the eye being the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, then your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, then your whole body will be full of darkness. If the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Our eyes need to be fixed on what is unseen because there is stuff around us that's passing away. But he, he, his love is eternal and has no limit. So God's called us and uh, he's speaking to us about this this limitless life. Um, This is something that came to me from uh, one of the Bible studies I was looking at. And, and it, it, it links here. You see, I can be bound up by what I see as being my limitations. Um, this is from the message from 2 Corinthians 6. So if you try to follow it, it doesn't quite sound the same if you've got a different translation. But I'm going to read it because I think it's really pretty amazing. Dear, dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide, open, spacious life. We didn't fence you in. The smallest you feel comes from within you. But your lives aren't small. You're living them in a small way. I'm speaking plainly as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives and live openly and expansively. You know, we can put a restriction on, what, on the way that we live because we're bound up in what we can see, on what is possible, on what is likely. But God wants our limits to be set on what's unseen to be set on what he has, what he said for us. Um, and recently I was talking to someone uh, about, uh, about life, as you do, and they've been getting coaching and, uh, from someone at work, and they've been encouraged to make a list of things that they would really like to do. And rather than focusing on the things, the tasks they needed to do, they were being encouraged to think about, okay, in the next year, what are the things you'd like to do? And to make sure that they kind of ticked off some of those things as they went through. That they kind of made a point of doing some of those things. Our lives are bigger and broader than I think some of us would imagine. God is with me in everything I do. God works in me in everything I do. And as I offer it to him, he's given us a choice. You know, he's given us a choice about what we choose to do and what we choose not to do. And there's nothing in your world that you'll have to do. It's stuff which God has released to us, and we have that option to pick it up and run with it with all our might. Uh, So if God was your life coach, do you think he might have space for you to do some things that you enjoy? Our picture of what God's called us to needs to get bigger, I think. Um, So Jesus said, that I've come that you might have life and life in abundance. There is something which God has for us that is, is a beat of a different drum. It's not chasing the rat race. It's not achieving that promotion. It's not achieving that pay rise, getting through that inspection. It's not getting the well done from someone at work. It's actually about pleasing him. And as we please him, we find that we have a different, uh, a different resource and a different source of love. 
So God's called us to keep walking. Um, when This came from the same notes, and I just want to continue to share it. So when God's, God's Spirit opens doors in your lives, keep walking, knowing that the gate is narrow but never constricting. And I thought about that, and I thought, that's interesting. So it is a narrow way, and few people find it. Sounds as though there's like, like this. But that isn't what the way is. It is a narrow way because it's about pleasing him. And it's about entering in, living from a different source. Colossians 1.19 says, So spacious is he, so roomy, that everything of God finds its proper place in him without crowding. We don't have to squash it all in. You don't have to squash it in your diary. God has space for us. So what has God put on your heart that your awareness of your limitations is holding you back from? When we've been filled with the Spirit, then our dreams can be his dreams. Our longings can be his longings. So we have this ability to, um, yeah, so, so we have this space, but what do we do in it? Well, what we do in it, what we want to do in it, is to pick up what God's saying. So I just want to, I want to take us just, very briefly, there's something, another thing I picked up from one of the other things I've been reflecting on, parable of the sower. Um, I'm not going to talk about the whole story, but you, you recall that this, the story is uh, the whole of the kingdom of God, really, the picture of the kingdom of God is that God is constantly sowing his word, which is the seed, into us. And different people respond in different ways to that word. The seed, remember, why it's a good picture of what the Word of God is, is because it's, it's, as we've always said, when God speaks something, which isn't yet, he, brings a, he gives it with the power to make it to be so. So when God says to Neil, you are a man of peace, if I am not yet a man of peace, God has spoken to me to be a man of peace, and I know that that is God's destiny for me. It is, the, it is my destiny in God to be peaceful. And when God speaks into our lives, it's not something we need to strive for. It's something that actually, from the unseen realm, God has released a new reality, something which is for us to step into. He's redefined us. And every one of those seeds contains the fullness of God contains the fullness of his promise. But the particular verse that I want to pick out, which I picked up this, this week, which I think you'll see ties in, talks about the seed that fell amongst thorns, standing for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they're choked by life's worries, riches and pleasures, and they do not mature. Now, here's a th- this is something that's troubled me, because I believe that I'm very sensitive Oh, oh. No, I really am. I really am. I'm sense it's good because I'm sensitive to God's word. And I know when I've heard what God said, and I take it very seriously. I'm very sensitive to what other people say as well. And I can receive that as well. 
Now, this guy in this part of the parable is sensitive to all the seed that falls on him. His problem is he's got no discernment between the thing which is of God, the crop, and the thing which is not of God, which is the thorn. And he grows it all. He just makes it all happen. And what, happen, what, end, what you end up with is, is a bit of a mess because you're, tr- you're being knocked this way and that because you're not sure which thing to give weight to. But God wants us to be soil that only grows, listens for his words. Now, that can be words that come to us through others, but God wants us to be alert to the thing which is not of him and to weed it out and to reject it. You know, sometimes we do need to reject the words that others say, more or less verbally. Sometimes it's a bit awkward if they're your line manager and they're saying something to you. You can't necessarily say to them directly, I disagree with everything you say and I'm not going to receive it, because it, it, it doesn't produce the best response and doesn't show you. It, it's like, but, but spiritually, sometimes people's judgments about us have that kind of ability to take root, and we need to ask God to, to help us to reject those things which are not true. And if someone's saying something about me which I believe to not be true, what would be the good thing to do with that? Well, there's two things I can do. One is I can speak to the person who said it to me and say, actually, I don't think that is me. And if they persist, and they say, no, 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 it really is, then what else could I do? You are allowed to. It's not entirely rhetorical. Anyone suggest? What would you do? Hit them. Hit, hit <laughs> okay, excellent. Hit them. Uh, any other suggestions? <laughs> talk to a friend. Even, yeah, talk to a friend. What else could you do? Oh, yeah, talk to a friend. So why, why would, would that help? Any, any friend? Someone who like me, who knows that I'm really good, that would be the best friend to speak to, wouldn't it? So, so when, when my boss criticises me, I go to someone else who's my peer and I say, my boss has said that about me. That's not true, is it? And they'll say, no, that's great. No, I suppose what am I getting at? Reflect, reflect with someone who actually cares for you. Yeah, who is, is a friend who sticks close. You know, reflect with God, reflect with, with a peer who cares for you, who actually will say to you if there's, if there's value, truth in what they're saying, right? Okay, now, so that, having said that, let me just, the, the, the revelation that I heard this week that I, I had, didn't know before, so the, the word for worries in that verse, okay, is, is from a Greek word, merimna, which means distractions, okay, worries, distractions, but the root is being divided, uh, division of attention, right? If our heart is completely on God, this won't happen. But if my heart cares about what other people think, overvaluing what other people think, we call it the fear of man, then I will be unable to pick out the bits which are from God. You see, the thing is, these people are good at hearing things, but they're not able to differentiate between the words of God and the words of others. Everything sticks. 
And um, God wants us to have an undivided heart. The psalmist writes about, Lord, give me an undivided heart that I might fear your name. Uh, Where is it? Psalm 86. Just give me a moment. I know it's in there because I found it. There it is. It's right at the page divide. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I might rely on your faithfulness. Verse 11. Give me an undivided heart that I might fear your name. And I will praise you, O Lord my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever. So, so this was a, a podcast on the way to school. Um, and uh, I heard it and I just thought, no, oh, there is something there for me. Now, I don't know about you, but I believe that what God's saying today is this is the time to get your heart completely on him. We talked about heartedness, right? But we get distracted by the things we can see. We get distracted by the things of this world. And, and God wants us to have our focus completely on him. Now, our bodies might take mind, our minds might take time to get in line with where our spirits are. But our spirit is making that decision today that I am going to be completely focused on you, Lord. Your heart is my heart. My heart is your heart. We don't build on any foundation other than Jesus. There is no room for any other. If you build a house on more than one foundation, the chances are that the bit that's built on one foundation will crumble compared to the other because they don't settle in the same way. Uh, you have to build a building on one foundation. And that's how God's designed us. There is only one foundation. Uh, and and we can't we can't do it any other way. But some of us are like Peter, jumping out of the boat, and we walk on water because we hear what God said. We've heard God's word, but the moment we see the waves, we start to sink. And that I believe is a picture for some of us and how we go through life. We we hear God. We say, right, we're going to do this, and then you suddenly notice that what you're doing is impossible. Well done. It is impossible. It is impossible to please God without faith. So we have to have faith. We have to trust him. We have to step in to the thing he has for us. It's not really... Sometimes we do talk about hearing God and we do a lot of teaching on hearing God, but really, you know, God's rather good at making himself heard. So... So I think there's, there's something for us to, to just make sure that what we're picking up is of him and, and not of anyone else. So here's some practical steps, finally, just some practical steps on, on what we need and what we can do to get deeper, okay? Um, we've already mentioned this one scripture, loving God without holding back, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. Um, God's calling us to a place where we don't have a restriction. We don't have dark corners of the cellar where he doesn't go. He comes into every part of my life. Because, and, and as we take these steps, we need to, 
give attention to our motivations as well as our actions. Um, the Bible says, watch over your heart with all diligence, from, for from it flows the springs of life. Springs of life. The springs of life. The very thing that God's designed to keep us alive. His Holy Spirit working inside us. When Jesus said to the Samaritan woman, he spoke, spoke to the Samaritan woman, he talked about a, a spring uh, that would be in her heart that would bubble up to eternal life, that there would be a, a supply of the Holy Spirit within her. God's calling us to draw water from that spring. To draw water from that spring. Because that spring that he's put there is designed for us and um, to, to be sustained by. To keep a pure heart requires diligence. We need to pay attention to what comes out of our mouth. I'll come to that in a minute. So, will I? Yeah, I will. Okay, I'll come to that in a minute. Um, many of us reach points and decisions. Keeping your heart pure is about, so if we trust in God with all our heart, then we won't depend on our own understanding. For those of us who have been through lots of education, this can be hard because you need to put the education on one side and say, Lord, what are you saying? But it's not just about education, actually. It's a, it's, you can have lots of education and not be led by your mind, and you can have a very little education and be led by your mind. I've seen it. This is about whether our spirits lead or whether... Or whether, our, or whether we listen to uh, our own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he'll show you which path to take. Here's another one. So, keeping a pure heart. No, this is a bit weird. Know your heart isn't the final authority. Did you know it said this in the Bible? For if our hearts condemn us, John writes in 1 John 3.20, God is greater than our heart and he knows all things. Sometimes we can think of ourselves less than we ought and our hearts can condemn us. I've read this in a book. It never happens to me, okay? Um, But you know, God knows our hearts and he is greater, he's greater than it. So what he says, I am, who he says, I am. Just coming back to that. Um, this is another, uh, I was reading uh, some, uh, on my Bible app one day, this popped in. Um, I was looking at, um, it's something from Jean Darnell, um, and uh, this is what she told me. God thinks you're wonderful. Well, I thought I'd better frame that because uh, God's been trying to tell me that for a little while. Uh, and I've already talked about his basement and all the things that he's got in it from my life. But, you know, um, we can read verses like this, Romans 12, 3, 1. Um, Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. And I think I realise I have read that as a kind of a... So stay in your box, Neil. Stay in your box. Uh, don't, don't think of yourself highly, you know... 
you don't, don't think too, don't puff yourself up. Well, don't puff yourself up, that's a good thing. Uh, but, you know, you're not that good, really. That's not what the scripture is about. The thing is, I have talents, gifts and abilities that God has given me, and I need to be thankful for them. I intend to use them for his glory. You know, Amos, chapter 3, verse 3, says, can two, can two walk together unless they've chosen to do so, agreed to do so, right? Who wants to walk with God? Okay, what does God say about you? Well, he thinks you're all right. He sent his son, he loved you so much, he sent his son to die for you. Not only does he think you're all right, he set his love upon you. And out of all nations, he's called you his treasured possession. I have to agree with him. Otherwise, I can't even walk with him. So what, what does he say about me? That really matters. I also have weaknesses, but I know and I trust that God will show his strength through them. This week, we had an inspection, a mini-inspection at school. And I had not been in the best place of peace not, it's bizarre, uh, I'm sure no one else will have this, three o'clock in the afternoon, I'm absolutely fine, three o'clock in the morning, brain is into overdrive, and I'm not necessarily abounding in peace, even though my mind, and I'm, I'm commanding myself, I want to get into that place, at this time, I'm not always in that place of peace, but God has said I'm going to be a man of peace, so I know that it's coming, and I'm just waiting for this world to get in line with what he's already said and ordained, right? People will have seen me at work, and in something, so uh, someone said to me, so are you all right now? Are you a bit stressed? And I thought, well, you know, I, I, this is my good time of day. I don't, I don't think I am stressed at all. And I thought, well, I could answer this in two ways, couldn't I? I could say, no, I'm not stressed at all. It's all fine. It's all absolutely fine. Or I could say, actually, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit stressed. Or I could say, you know, I could say, actually, yeah, I'm a bit bothered. Uh, and these are the things I'm bothered by. I'm bothered by the lack of support we're giving to this particular year group. I'm bothered by this. And actually, it wasn't to do with the inspection. It's an ongoing thing. It's another head of department, one of my head of departments that I was speaking to. Now, I could think about having... And I thought, oh... You shouldn't have said you were stressed. She, she should think that you're, you know, walking on water and looking at the waves and laughing and, and staying above the water and all of it's fine. Whereas actually, I didn't feel like that. And I chose to have integrity and to say how I felt. I believe that God will show his strength in my weakness. I have to believe that. Because that's what the Bible says. Otherwise, I'm pretending to be something I'm not. I am the worst thing imaginable. Jesus talks about being a whitewashed tomb, being all right on the outside and inside you're full of sin. It's not, you know, worry and all that stuff shouldn't be there, right? So let's not try and dress it up. You know, it stinks. So, but I believe that as I expose that and as I testify to that and as I talk to others about my needs, then I believe that God's going to bring me further into his truth, deeper into him. Um, see, here's the truth. It was the sick that needed the doctor, Jesus said. Jesus came for weak people, 
and I definitely need him. But that's okay, because that's his design. Those of us that realize that we're weak are all right. It's those that think they're strong that have got the problem. I'm nothing without Christ, and I can do nothing without him, but I can also do all things through him. So, it's kind of... I I hope you can see what I'm talking about here. So, this is about when our hearts talk about us being a certain shape, which doesn't line up with what God says about us. At this point, we have to come back to... So, as I was saying in the previous verse... If our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows all things. Yeah, so finally, um, we need to be those that practice forgiveness. Now, here's the thing. I know that, I know that still... God's working on me. Do you know what? And I'm glad about that, because if he'd stopped working on me, I'd probably be in a box. So, so that's a good thing. You're familiar with the command to the ancients, don't murder. I'm telling you, anyone who is as much as angry with their brother or sister is guilty of murder. Carelessly calling a brother idiot, and you might find yourself being hauled into court. Thoughtlessly yell stupid at a sister and you're on the brink of hellfire. The single moral fact is that words kill. That's from the, that's from the message version. Um, but it kind of brought something home to me. What we say, I was reminded of the other verse from Luke 6, for out of the overflow of the, of the heart, a man's mouth speaks. What comes out is a good sign of what's inside. Now, people that are close to me spot when I'm tired and not full of peace. And the way they can tell it is because what comes out of this orifice is not, is not full of peace. We were just singing this morning, let your praise be on my lips. Yeah, that was a prophetic song that we, we picked up. Let your praise be on my lips. I want his praise to be on my lips all the time. Because, you know, what we call things, they become. So, when, when I'm at home and we're speaking about the weeks to come, and we're looking at all the things that we have to do before Christmas, Mr. and Mrs. Jakes had so many things to do, etc. When, when we're looking at the things that lie ahead, and we say, oh, it's going oh, to be terrible this next few weeks, or whatever. If we actually let those words come out of our mouths, what are we doing? We're negatively prophesying over the next three weeks of our lives. We're calling something from the unseen into the seen world that is awful. How about calling something else from the unseen? How about saying, isn't it great that God's going to give us the ability to do those things? And you you and I are going to look at each other in three weeks' time and say, we've done all that stuff. And I'm still alive, and I'm still smiling, and I'm still enjoying it. Isn't it exciting? Are you excited, dear? Good. Excellent. Good. So, instead of getting cross 
I've heard some, some families get across, you know, from time to time. Uh, husbands, wives, I've read in books. Instead of getting cross about things and insisting, let's, let's start calling into being something else because there's something else that God has for us in these terms. So, I've more or less finished. I've just got one, I've got a song I was going to play. Um, and uh, I've got, you thought I was, what's up? You thought I was going to sing it. <laughs> well, I could. <laughs> I send Mark all my favourites every now and then. He gets, he gets inundated with good old songs from time to time. And he just ignores me. I'm quite upset. I'm quite upset. I send them on WhatsApp. I bother looking up the lyrics. I say, there you go. And he just, it just, I, fa- I might check, see if I can find a good, no, I won't, no. If anyone wants to know, ask Mark about the songs I've come up with, because they are amazing. They really are. I mean, I, I realise that you are the higher authority on, uh, on these older songs. Uh, sorry, may I say, more, uh, <laughs> Special song. Uh, what can I say? Um, songs we don't use so much anymore. Uh, no, no. Oh. Do you know when you're in a hole, it's best to stop digging? <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. So called deeper still. We're called deeper still. We're called to a place where we're allowing him further into our hearts, further into our, uh, into our beings. We're calling him deeper into us. I want us to be... Now, you may not live in a house with a basement, right? But I want you to imagine that you do. Imagine how much stuff a hoarder like me could keep in a basement that was the size of their ground floor. There is so much stuff in my basement that gets in the way of what... Like, and actually... How many of you have been in my basement, have been to my house? Oh, well, quite a few. Okay, then. <laughs> I was going to say, and I don't normally let people into my basement. You never even knew it was all down there, though, did you? See? See? Now, otherwise, you would have found that, otherwise. Um, the dark corners of our basements, God wants to occupy. He doesn't want us to be just... This, this thing of, this thing of um, are you getting this, am I clear on having a divided heart? Are you getting this idea? So it's, it's a heart that is completely and utterly devoted to him. Now, I, I, I love Christina. I love my children. I can't love them properly unless my heart is completely given to the Lord. But how, how can you do that? How can you... How can you give yourself completely to the Lord and have love left over for others? It doesn't work like that. It's not an amount. We give him our love, and he enables us to love one another, like the cross. We love him, and he enables us to love one another. Um, so, this, is, this song here could be your prayer. It's, it's, it's called Give Me an Undivided Heart, and it's got the words on. So, in case you can't hear what uh, the chap says. But essentially, I believe this is an opportunity for us to, to confess. If you have a divided heart, and you recognize that sense of, 
yeah, things that God says, I'm really quick to pick up on. But actually, what the trouble is that once I get going on them, I kind of lose my way a bit. I kind of, other things press in and I don't quite finish whatever. I believe God might be putting his finger on an undivided heart for you. Because that's the issue of the thorns in that parable. And, and I want you to, to confess that to him and ask him to give you that undivided heart. Okay? So let's, let's see what happens when I start. Can you... saying, Lord, I want an undivided heart. Would you stand, please? Would you just stand? If you're wanting to say, Lord, give me an undivided heart. So, Lord, we call out to you to say, Lord, have your way amongst us. We don't want to have divisions in our lives. We don't want to have different hats we wear in different places. We don't want to, we don't want to have our work heads. We don't want to have our home head and our church head. Lord, we want to live for you in every sphere of our lives. And, Lord, we call out to you, Lord, to create in us that new heart creating us that new heart that is wholly given over to you. Lord, that we might please you in all that we do. Lord, where we've allowed things that are seen to become louder and to speak louder than the things that are unseen. Lord, would you forgive us? Lord, would you, would you, would you help us, Lord, to focus, to refocus our eyes on those things that are unseen? That, Lord, we might worthily 
give praise to you, that we might worthily seek you in every step of our lives. Will we reach out to you? Have your way. Let your spirit move amongst us now. Holy Spirit, move. Holy Spirit, move. Let your love bubble up inside us. Lord, we thank you that you've given us a source of supply, that you've given us a source of supply that within our hearts we can, we can know you. We can know the Holy Spirit, the deposit guaranteeing what is to come, that, the, that you, the Holy Spirit, live in each of us, bring joy to us, bring life to us, bring fulfillment to us. Holy Spirit, move. Holy Spirit, have your way. Holy Spirit, come.